from the turbulent streets of St. Petersburg and the aristocratic countryside state, estates to the avenues of Paris, where a society of fallen Russian emigres lived to the mansions of, live, sorry, a society of fallen Russian emigres lived to the mansions of Long Island, the lives of Eliza, Sophia, and Varenka will intersect in profound ways. In her newest powerful tale told through female-driven perspectives, Martha Hall Kelly celebrates the unbreakable bonds of women's friendship, especially during the darkest days of history. Quick synopsis. There that was not so quick, but no, you but know. it's important because this. I think it's important. A lot happens in this book. It's and very complicated. It takes place a lot, like between like Paris and Saint Petersburg and Malinov and mm-hmm. New York and like. It, there's a lot. There's a lot of places and there's a lot of characters. And we're gonna do our best to give you a quick summary when we talk about them. Yes, but to circle back, the reason I told you all of this is because so much of it is like centered around Russian culture, um, that we felt vodka was the best choice to represent the book. So yep. normally historical fiction would fall under dessert wines, but the only dessert wines we could find were port, and that just didn't really represent the book to us. Yeah, quite honestly, when people are hung, you should probably shouldn't drink port. No, you should take a shot of vodka. Is it hanged? It's actually hanged. hanged. It's hanged. When people are hanged and burned, you don't drink port. You drink vodka. You drink vodka. Yes. So um, vodka seems more representative of... Um, World War One as well. So that's what we're drinking. We are drinking um, Old St. Pete Artisanal Vodka. Um, now this St. Pete is um, St. Petersburg, Florida, but yeah. we liked the name. We got as close like, as we could. Yeah, you know. Um, so it says welcome to the Sunshine City, but um, we're drinking vodka. It's 40% um, small batch pot distilled from rye and wheat, crafted by St. Petersburg Distillery, batch number 40, bottle number 405 and we mixed it with Belvoir Fruit Farms Elderflower and Rose Lemonade because this book is called Lost, Lost Roses. Roses and they bring up a lot of flowers. They do. Flowers book. are very prevalent in this book. So, um I it's really Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already drunk. <laughs> Read between the vines. Read those vines. Um, all right. So, I didn't really organize my notes. I tried They're just to. chronological. Yeah, mine, and I, I did, like, I have part one, part two, part three, part four. I will say, do, we should do our characters real quick. Characters. You have a list, I have right? a list. Okay. I have a list of the important ones. Okay, you, you did, you do a list. All right, here we go. Ready? Yes. So I'll go over the main ones first, which is going to be Sophia and Luba. Those are sisters. Yes. Sophia is older than Luba. Um, then they have a BFF, Eliza. Eliza lives in New York. Um, let's see. Afon is Sophia's husband. He ends up enlisting in the war. Yes. Um, well, I think he was always a soldier. Oh, was he? Yeah, I think I think he was always a Russian soldier. Oh, okay. It's Merrill that enlists because she was he was shamed into yes. it. We'll uh-huh. get to that. Um, so yes, Eliza we'll is the American from New York. Uh, she's married to a man named Henry who dies very early on. Uh, um, I know it was a lot. And she is the mother to a girl named Caroline. Now, not to be confused with her mother, who is also named Caroline. Right, but you. I think you, if you had read Lilac Girls, Caroline is one of the main characters in Lilac Girls. Which was like new her movie. daughter, Caroline, is one of the main characters. Um, and she's a lot like her mom, but like, I could see a lot of like the discord between the two characters. So finish your list and we'll Great. chat. Um, you have Varinka, who also is a very important character in this. She's the, she starts off as a 14 year old girl whose father died. They're very poor. Um, her mom, they call her Mamka, is a seer and a really, um, She's like a fortune teller. Yeah. But she's very gifted, and 
I think she's like one of the few voices of reason. Oh, she is. She's the one who's like, you should give up that baby. Yeah, she's like, get rid of that child. It's not yours. Not yours, bitch. And the child we're talking about is Max, Mm -hmm. who is Sophia's child. Remember, Sophia and Luba are sisters. Max is their child. That she. Max is Sophia's child with Aphon. With Aphon, the the soldier. soldier. And um, Eliza is the godmother. And and cook. Oh, cook. cook. I liked Cook a lot. Cook is the cook. The cook is the cook. He goes by Cook. He goes by Cook. But he's, he's for the, the sisters, and yeah. he's clearly in love with Sophia. Yes. He is, he's in love with Sophia from the very beginning. And Sophia's, like, in love with Aphon because he's her husband, and, like, obviously. But, There's like, that. you know. Um, then we have um, Electra Whitney, who is, like, the Oh, bitch, I hate her. The bitch of the book. I hate is her. what I call her. Her and Anna. Did you say Gabler or Gabler? How did you read it? Anna? I said Anna Gabler. I did too, but then she was like with one B, like this person. It was like, and I was like, but if it was, if you have to specify that, then wouldn't it be pronounced Gabler? The only reason I said Gabler is because it sounds better. Like, I'm already saying Anna. To say Anna Gabler is just more work. Yeah, I agree. Linguistically, Anna Gabler. Anna Gabler. Gabler. Yeah, I like it too. Um, All right, we're going to call her Anna Gabler. If that's not her name, we're really sorry. So, Electra Whitney and Anna Gabler are friends, and we don't like them. No. The, the Tsarina? Am I pronouncing that right? Who? The Zarina. It's like oh, the Czar. Oh Zarina. god! I thought that was a name. No. Oh, like the Czar. I, I'm an idiot. Zarina. Right. Her name. Oh, her name's Alexander. They call her Zarina. Alexandra like, Romanov. Right. So she's actually a character, and so are Olga and um, Tatiana, two of the Romanov daughters, which you are know, like real. Yeah, you know the them. Romanovs You've are real people. <laughs> and Eliza Faraday is actually also a real person. I don't know Didn't about know Sophia. Um, well, I would assume because Caroline. I also Faraday read it as Sophia. Sophia. I thought it was more Russian. I just read it Sophia. Okay, it's probably Sophia. I'm just trying. I'm probably being too. Well, because it's spelled with a Y, so you're probably right. But like, I'm Sophia. white and American. <laughs> and I just read it as it was easy to say. The 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 czar and the Zarina's name aren't actually important. We'll just call them czar. But they're Zarina. the Romanovs. Like they're the famous Romanovs that yeah. get murdered in their basement. Rolled up in rugs and then carted off in the Bolshevik Revolution. So, like, you know who they are. You know who they are. Um, Their daughter, um, what's her name? Uh, No, no. Anastasia. Anastasia, yeah. Um, She's... Yeah, Anastasia. Anastasia. There you go. They're the the inspiration for the musical Anastasia, so... You You have um, Karina, who is the cousin of Sofia and Luba. Karina. Who is dating a boy named Ilya, and ooh boy, is she dumb. Oh, Karina, baby. Karina, baby. Um, I'm going to skip over that. That's not important. Taurus. Fuck that guy. Oh, fuck Taurus. Fuck Taurus. And fuck, what's his, Va, Va, I didn't Vladdy. Write, Vladdy, I didn't even write him It's like Vladimir, but short. Yeah. Vladdy. Vladdy. They are terrorists. They suck so bad. They're Bolsheviks. They're, um, yeah. so they're part of the Bolshevik res- revolution that came in and murdered all of the, 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 the the monarchy mm-hmm. and then took over and they were like here Lenin's you know as a force for the people communism yeah right you know so um yeah they're, they're part learn. of the Cheka and they're part of you know and Varinka and Taurus have an arrangement so Varinka and her <sighs> momka live with Taurus and you find out later that Taurus is actually the half brother of Varinka. I know <laughs> I lost my shit but the whole, when I found that the out. reason the reason we lost our shit no, is because I lost my shit. Taurus wait spoiler I mean, obviously you should know that now, but like, spoiler alert! Like, Taurus is like sexually abusing Varinka, like this whole time. He's abusing Varinka in more than one way. Like, like he's like watching her bathe and like... He's emotionally abusing her, he's yeah. physically abusing her, 
he's sexually abusing her. And then on her. top of that, they're siblings! That's her father's, like, <gasps> spawn with another woman. Also, he killed her dad. Yeah. So, what up with that? Yeah, Marika's dad is just D-E-D dead. 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 And his BFF is Vladdy, and Vladdy, in my opinion, is worse than Taurus, because I don't yeah. think Taurus would have hung them, but we'll get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you have Richard Merrill, who was friend of Henry's, and remember, Henry is... <laughs> <laughs> Henry is Eliza, the American from New York's husband. Yeah, Eliza's husband, Henry. His BFF's with this guy named Richard Merrill, and Richard Merrill is in love with Eliza this whole time. And has been for... Has been five ever. Um, later, Meryl ends up being engaged to Anna Gabler, who was BFFs with um, Electra. Electra, which, what the fuck is that name? I, guess. I hate that name. Electra Whitney. So there's a lot, they're all like meshed together. Yeah. Um, and then we have Bogdan, who I don't think is actually important. I got sad when he got shot, though. Yeah, he's the gamekeeper um, at the house where Sophia and Luba kind of, like their smaller house. It's their, their main, country estate in yeah. Malinov. So it's not small. <laughs> it's their it's, additional side house. It's their side house. You know these women. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all the characters I wrote down that were of importance. Yes. Okay. Um, also, uh, I don't know if it's an also, but like, can I give you my overall thoughts? Before yeah. We, like, really yeah. Talk? Yeah. Absolutely. So overall, I dug this book a lot. I loved this book because you know historical fiction is like, your favorite. My favorite yeah. genre. And I loved it. Oh. Um, it got hard to keep up with the different characters at times, but I have read Lilac Girls, so, like, I was kind of used to it, because Lilac Girls was very similar, in that it's told from three different perspectives, and you have all the different characters that are associated with those three main characters, um, but once I got the characters straight, I grew to really love them. Um, I'm very, very conflicted about Varenka. We'll definitely talk I'm about so her. conflicted about her, because... You know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and I think un- some parts were, like, unnecessarily predictable. Um, but I enjoyed the, like... I feel like it was almost like a slightly dreamy realism about the whole thing. Where it was like, this is a look into the lives of women during World War One in very different situations. Well, I, that was... All in very, yep. very different Absolutely. sides. You're used to seeing, like, when you read, at least when I like read books of war, you're seeing one side, or it's always the poor, the ones yeah. who are be. It's not the people who are being fought against, the rich, the right. aristocrats. Right. Like, that was new to me. Yeah. It was like, you had people, you had the poorest of the poor, you had the richest of the rich, and then you had somebody on the other side of the ocean. Who's in the middle, kind of. Yeah, who's kind of in the middle. Um, and then, um, I have questions, but we can come to that cool. later. My overall thoughts as well is yeah. that, so historical fiction is not my forte. Okay. <laughs> um, for reasons I probably, sh- reasons that are probably not valid, but they're valid to me. Um, I actually enjoyed the story a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. I'd say right when Momko was giving her, um, was giving the... Not philosophy, but um, her prophecy of the four shall fall. At the very beginning. Yes. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm 100% in this book. Four shall fall. Do you think... We'll talk talk about that. Okay. (laughs) I have a whole section about it. Um, Like I said, usually with historical fiction, it's about like the plain dame, or the plain dame and her family and the poor, and we have to beg for scraps. Plain dame? Plain Jane, maybe? No, plain, like the dame. Dame. Like damsel distress. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I liked that it, you got to see, like, the side of the rich. Um, Ooh, this makes it better. Do you want some mean Yeah, throw it in there. Because of the bubbles? Yeah, the yeah. bubbles help. Um, so, like we talked about before, this book is the prequel to Lilac Girls. 
And fun fact, I heard she's writing another book that is a prequel to Lost Roses. Yes, is it in the Civil War? I, I couldn't find anything I, about it. I bet, but I bet it's, it's about, a Civil War. I bet it's a Civil War. Couldn't find they any. They talked so much about it. Okay. I couldn't even talk about who, like, which girl it was based about. <gasps> All I know is that she's writing it. I bet it's Caroline Woolsey. I hope so. I bet it's that's, that's Eliza's, Eliza's mom. mom who died, whose daughter is named Caroline. Ashley. She doesn't die in the book. Are you kidding? She doesn't die in the book. Whose mom did I think of who died? Um. Sophia's mom died. You're right. I'm all a different character. You're totally right. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> You're totally right. Um, it yes. probably is. So that's coming out. I saw that on a comment on Goodreads. So it could be hearsay, but who would make that up? Oh, yes. Oh, right. I will read the hell out of that. I also wanted to bring up this little link. Go to page. There is an audiobook. Mm. And... I just want to read. Who reads you, it? Who yeah, reads I just want to read the names because I, I I heard I played some snippets and they're amazing. So Catherine Tabor plays Luba. Luba okay. is the younger sister. I love her. She's a badass. She's my favorite character. Um, Tavia Gilbert plays Eliza, the American from New York. Kathleen Gaddy, Gaddy. I'm really sorry. I didn't research. I would have read that Gaddy. Gaddy. Okay. Oh, that's all right. Plays Sophia. Um, Carissa Vacker plays Varinka, the poor woman whose mom is a seer. Um, and this. We'll, I'll link this to the... Yes, we'll um, put it on the, on the website. On the website. I just really liked listening to their voices. And honestly, listening to their voices helped me distinguish uh, the characters. Yes, I was like, I oh, this that. is what Eliza sounds like. This is what Sophia sounds I like. I dig that so much. So we'll link this um, to the post. It was really helpful for me. Um, but And I also... I Audiobooks are awesome. I think I want to get into them. Um, <laughs> also, just a really quick fact. Not a fact. Well, a fact about me. Um, okay. This book made me realize how little I actually know about World War One. Oh, um, actually, that's fair because World War One is like talked about so much less than we World know War more II. about World War Two just going through our education. System. Yeah, just because I mean, and the he, horrors of World War Two are almost like they worse. overshadow World War One. Newsflash: um, I don't research World War One. I don't think most people just like research that for fun. No, so I don't know about it. We don't know anything. Really. We know. We know, like, the Allies and, you know, the Russians and what happened. Yeah, and, and the Allies and the Axis yeah, powers. The and the more the. We know where the money shifted and who turned on whom, but like that's all I know. Right, and then after World War One, Russia fell into its like, mm-hmm. you know, after World War One, the world was like, hey, Germany, you gotta pay for the entire war, and Germany's like, fuck uh, that, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Russia is like, we're gonna overthrow our czar because we're sick of the aristocracy and we're gonna let the people rule, and that's where Lenin comes in. So Lenin. And then Stalin, and then um, um, Hitler, and then um, what's his face? Which one? Mussolini comes oh, to power yes. in Italy, and um, and then that's when communism rises, and then that we've got the like you know the Red Scare, and then we've got uh, the World War Two. It's just like then, a lot, you know. It just all happens all is, at the same time, and it's a lot. And this is following that the the before all of these uh, powerful leaders came in their power right so world war one is like the beginning of all of it where they're like hey let's Let's let the people lead yeah you have too much money and you're not helping us yes fuck the monarchy is basically what they they said and like monarchies are kind of uncool but there's another way to go about (laughs) let's not like can we just stop can we all just stop can we just everyone drink some vodka I think that was like the prohibition then. But, but yeah. Oh, know. yeah. You know. I'm drinking anyway. Yeah. Oh, you know who I didn't include on this cast list or oh. character list? 
What's his name? The one that Varenka ends up with. Radimir. Radimir. I liked him. I think he was a very predictable character, but we can get into it. I agree. It was like, the first thing he said was, hello, like, I am your Prince Charming, run away with me. And then they actually did that. I know. There should have been some development there. Okay, my questions at the end are like, what happened? What happened to Varenka? What happened to Radimir? What happened to Taurus? Well, the last round of Taurus, Varenka just handcuffed him to a bed. I'm sorry, but what happens to him? Well, we can. I have questions. We okay, wait. Can we can we go through like? Yeah, I have quotes. Do you want to start? Um, you want to start with quotes? Great. Yeah. Sure. My I have one on twenty one. Twenty. Twenty. Okay. I have my first quote on twenty. Go. It's Agnesa says to Sophia, "People judge you first by how you look, and second by what you say." And I want to know if you think that's true. I do think it's true. I think people say that it's not true. I think that people are like, "No, I'm not prejudiced. I don't care what you look like." But, but it's, like it's from an across a room, behavior. you don't know a person's personality. Right. You know, it's just it's like if you're not interested in the way they look, you're not going to go up and talk to them and find out that they really like Shakespeare or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I judge people based off of the books they read. Yeah, but like you have to know what like you have to you have, have to talk to them in order to know what the books they read. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And if they don't look a certain way, you're not going to go talk to them. Right. So I think that's true, for sure. I think you're ignorant if you say that looks don't matter to you. I agree. In any context, romantically, on a like, business level. If looks don't, like, it's just, yeah, I agree. Should they? Nah. But they do they? But that's yeah. how it happens. Yeah. Um, okay, my first quote is, it made me laugh. On 21, they call them hooligans. Nothing new. Hooliganism was an established practice heralded by the newspapers where unemployed drunken men used petty violence to intimidate the wealthy, often women. Just, like... I practice hooliganism. I practice hooliganism. Like, it's a, it's a well-known practice. Like, right, it's the, established. It's, it's the word practice that makes it, like, there's there's a handbook and, and there are minutes from the last practice meeting. practice of hooliganism. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Oh, man. Um, I don't actually have a lot of quotes. My next quote's on page 25. Oh, mine's on 103. <laughs> okay, great. I've got a couple, so I'll just rattle them off. Yeah, yeah, quick. yeah, yeah. Eliza says to cousin Olga, we talked about which philosophers truly understood the female mind. Which is none, we decided. I still think that's true. Page 25, which is our quote of the month. Oh, yes. Men may leave, but books will always remain true. That is a fact right yes. now, ladies and men. Uh, page 58, Luba says, marriage stifles creativity. Your thoughts? Marriage stifles creativity. I don't agree because I think that like it's just a new phase of life where you know you're going to be creative in a different way. I think in their context where the the women are you know they marry a rich man and that's their whole job. Yeah. Just to be well off and have a family. Yeah. I think that would stifle creativity especially in Luba's world where she's she's a scientist, she's an engineer. Yeah. She's always thinking of a scheme. Yeah. Marriage would stifle that creativity of hers because she would now have womanly and wifely duties. Yeah. But modern day I agree. That's modern day it's a it's different, just, type, it's a of different type of creativity. It's a creativity that you funnel into new like ways to keep your relationship like spicy. Spicy. And you should still have your yeah. you know, be with someone who you can still have your own creativity. Yeah, with. like new dates and new ways to like play with your child mm-hmm. and new ways to decorate your home together and like I just think it's a different type of creativity you're gonna funnel it into different right. things not no creativity right beautiful um my page 76 <laughs> um, <laughs> mine are just funny quotes okay, mine are not like most of mine are um Peg would not have made Peg is like the handmaid yes like Peg is maid. um Peg is like a household help 
for Eliza, the yes, American. the American. Peg would not have made it one day ironing the Queen's newspapers. Question, is that a thing? I don't actually, know. Okay, wasn't sure. <laughs> Moving on. Ironing um, newspapers. This one, this one was exciting. Wait, what page is it? 77? Oh, okay. no, mine, 81. Okay. Men just want a warm body. Richard would just as soon have Cook in the bed as me. Wouldn't know the difference in the dark, and he's always excited by cinnamon. <laughs> I thought that was exciting. Cinnamon! <laughs> Cook's the cook. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My next, you are next. With okay. Your um, everything about Taurus was large. <laughs> yeah, it was! <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. His arms, at this point, his at this ego. Point, you still don't know what the arrangement is, even. You know I, I actually did note that um, Taurus has an arrangement, da da da, seems sticky to me. I have, okay, page 39, I have, what is her agreement with Taurus? I can't figure it out. And then I have 73, Taurus seems like a dick. I have the most questions about Varenka so far. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> 96, I bet she's in Taurus's cabin. This is when Sophia and Afon are like fooling around. Yep. I go, girl, bye, get out of there. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta roll out. And then, um, Oh, yeah, okay. And then I note that Taurus broke Varika's arm. <gasps> and I hate him. Hate um, him. And then I have everything about Taurus was large. Which just like the 14-year-old in me was like. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But, you know, that goes along with his sadistic ego and his willingness to break It seems like people. he was a good person before he went to prison. It's the prison. They really harp on the prison But he made, he made mistakes very early on in life because then you find out that he killed her dad because her dad was like, stop watching her in the bath. So you're like, okay. As any good dad would do. Right. So you're like, okay, so you snapped and you killed her dad, so maybe you weren't as great of a person, but she makes it seem like he was a better person before he went to prison. I think she was in denial about it because if you're a bad person, you're a bad person. That yeah. doesn't... I think that a moment or an instance like jail and prison can bring that out of you. But if you're a bad person, you're a bad person innately, in my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah. I. We all have bad thoughts. To me, I wonder, I, I feel like you become a bad person based off of the things you experience when you're young. And so I don't want to limit that to- impulse? Well, they say that he's, he's a love child and then he's bought. Like his like, momka and he papa yeah. buy him. He did say so like when when, when father brought you in, he goes, "I was bought." Yeah. So he probably hated the father to begin with. Right, because the father bought him, and then he's like, "I own you now." Yeah. And so obviously he's had some sort of trauma in his own childhood that made him like resent papa. Which is interesting because Varenka talks so highly about father, and you learn you learn to love father, and then if you think about the fact that he bought this human mm-hmm. as ownership and property but that makes is a it, bad person is it just part of the like the culture like maybe papa only bought taurus because like in the sense that like he bought taurus's mother's silence you he's know technically a bastard and i don't know what the culture is of bastards i don't game of thrones they're shuns i don't know right but like so maybe it's not even like buying Taurus. Maybe it's just we pay the mother, and the mother doesn't tell anybody, and, and now we, also we take care of Taurus, right? You know. But now that Taurus is a grown man and makes his own like, decisions, he was like, "Fuck you and your daughter." Yeah, yeah. He's a very complicated I, character. I'm very surprised 
that we never made it to a point where Taurus rapes Varenka. I think that that was on purpose. I I really thought it was going to happen. Because... We got to a certain point and I was like, here it is. And then I was like, oh. It didn't happen. He brands her instead? Which is terrible. But also like... I I think it was because they needed to make Vladdy... Vladdy... Worse. Worse. Interesting. And in my opinion, this... Again, I'm going to preface this with like... This is my opinion. (laughs) I think rape is worse than murder. Mm. So to me, that would make him a worse person. To me! An opinion! (laughs) I don't want to hear your hate. I respect your right to have that opinion. Um, I... To be honest, I don't know if I could form a full opinion on it without experience from one of the two, and I don't ever want to experience one of the two. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just have to understand that, like, I will never fully understand what a victimized woman feels or, you know, what that situation right. entails unless I experienced it, and I pray that I will never, you know? So it's it's hard for me to, un- like, to condemn people based off of things I have no experience with. An opinion. <laughs> <laughs> An opinion. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's important to listen to the victim and validate his or her um, experience and understand that what they went through is, is real. Um, it definitely affects a life. You know, murder affects lives. Rape affects lives. It, it just... It all sucks. It all sucks. Everything sucks! Everything is terrible. It's all terrible. My next quote is on page... Oh, actually, that's my last quote. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, have, I have 130. Taurus says to Varinka, if you cared about me, you'd do it. False! That's... I go, Taurus is an abuser with five exclamation points. I actually do have a quote on 147. Okay, I have... I know I have another quote. Oh, it's page 213. Okay. My quote, and again, disclaimer, I hate Tars, but he walks into the house of the sisters um, in Russia and, you know, takes Sophia them hostage. Luba, yeah. The Streshnevas. Yes. He says, welcome to a new world. And like, out of oh, context, that's a great quote. If you're going to be a bandit, welcome use that quote. Yes. That's a good one. I like it. Again, we do not condone criminal we don't condone activity. Crime. Yes. But would you like to be in the study? <laughs> Um, what's your next quote? Do you have any more? Nope, that's it for me. Okay. I've got 213. We call that guilt deer. It's the foundation of some of our most popular religions. That is true. It just really Catholic struck me. guilt is very famous. Oh, yeah. It really struck me. Um, and then let me see if I have any other quotes. Uh, 350. Will he ever think of me as his mother? That's Varenka about Max. No, because no, you're, you're not, not his mother. mother. But then, then you have to you have to question the definition of mother, and we will get there, I assume. But she's even if you question the definition of mother, she is a bad one. She's that's like, one of my discussions. That's one of my discussions. But like you, all you want to do is go on dates and do nothing. But before. Radmir shows up, mm-hmm. he was her everything, and the fact that she can't afford to give him everything can't be used against her. No, but, like, if if you're gonna be a mother, your children have to be of priority, no matter what else happens in your life. You know? I can, I can promise you, any other single mother that I know is gonna say, my kid comes before anybody else, so if I'm gonna start seeing anybody, 
they have to understand this is my kid and they come first. And when Radomir appears, that's not the case. That's not the case. And so I don't think Varenka is fit to be a mother to Max. Well, she's fucking, what? She's, what, 17? 17 when yeah. that all happens? No one in their mind is fit to be in a that mother. Time, in that time, I would say maybe considering the culture is like to have An kids. unmarried like women, woman, with a child who is not biologically hers in that culture doesn't work. No. Doesn't work. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. I, do you want to go? I'm out of quotes. So do you okay. want to go chronologically? Chronologically. Okay. I actually don't have anything to discuss until part two. So if you have anything before page at least 58, let a girl know. Um, Did you break them down in sections? No, like, I can instead of my pages, um, part really, two starts on page, like, 54. I will say that I liked that they bookended the book with Luba's perspective. I I really dug that. I love um, And we'll come back to her because I really, I dig have her. Have Yeah. Um, for some okay, I hit page twenty-two and I go. For some reason, it didn't occur to me that this czar was the Romanov, like, like the actual, the actual Romanov czar. czar. Like, like he's very famous. You know, I did a whole case study on the Romanov family in my biological anthropology class in college, which was one of my favorite classes. We straight up like looked at the like the markers on the bones and stuff mm. and tried to figure out, you know, How? is this Anastasia? Is oh. it not Anastasia? It was a whole lab. It was super fun. What did you, what um, were your conclusions? That Anastasia actually died with the rest of the family. Uh, she obviously did. Yeah. But I love so, the musical that she didn't. Oh yeah. So, um, that was one, um, page 27. Mm-hmm. I said, I wonder if this is the sense of terror that students feel during school shootings. I and I wonder, and then I said, and now I wonder how at how twisted it is that this is my first thought. So page twenty-seven. Let me see. What's I've been, on that page. we've been very lucky to not have to go through that. No, but living in Florida is wild that we haven't gone through that. Yeah. Um, fifty-seven, twenty-seven, twenty-seven. This is when oh, Eliza put oh. her arms about me as the man shot his gun into the ceiling and plaster rained down on us both. The musicians stopped playing and stood. I, breathe, I barely breathed as guards rushed the Tsar's mother and the Tsarina out of their seats, their ladies-in-waiting following. Other guards wrestled, them, wrestled the man to the ground, then hustled him away. So basically, there's a shooter that comes into the ballet, the royal ballet um, in Russia, while um, Eliza is visiting Sophia. Um, actually, it's not the ballet. It's just a party, isn't it? Where um, Yes, it's just a party. Sophia's hoping to introduce Eliza to the Tsarina. Yes. And there's a shooter. They talk about going to the theater next weekend. Right. Um, so that was like, I wonder if this is what it's like to like, you hear some shots and you're like, ah, shit. Ah, fuck. Yeah. I, I don't Except know. Except in that case, you're 13. So it's like, what is that? Yeah. Um, yep. Also, I have um, page 31. I said, I'll say this. She's good at cliffhangers so far. She continues to be she good continues. at cliffhangers. <laughs> the one clip, the two, the two cliffhangers that got me were when Sophia was escaping dressed as the maid. Yes. And the guard was like, wait, come back. And I was like, oh, oh God. God. And then awesome. when Mrs. A mm-hmm. was in with um, the lieutenant or the commander, and the mm-hmm. commander had her back turned, or had her back turned. Raisa? Raisa. Yeah, Raisa. And, like, Raisa could have been like, that's not who you think it is. Mm-hmm. No, the one that really got me was where she, um, where Sophia, like, woke up and, there was a person in her house. Yes. I was like, who is it? <laughs> and it was, and she's like, could it be? And then it switches perspective. And, and I'm like, like yeah. no! If you're a fan of cliffhangers, 
this book is this for This is you. a great book for cliffhangers. Um, the next thing I would want to talk about is the prophecy. So if you have anything before that. Uh, oh, page 81 when... Um, no! I said, I have a bad feeling about Henry. And then page 86, I go, my bad feeling was right. I don't yeah. want him to die! So Henry dies of pneumonia, which I made some notes on. Um, yeah. Um, and then I'm at the prophecy. So when, whenever you want to chat about that. But I... Okay. I get it because, like... Maybe you want Eliza's story to parallel Sophia's and they've gone through similar things. They lost their husbands and now they have one child left that they have to take care of that they don't really know how to like handle by themselves. But I actually, usually I would say that it's too much. It's too predictable. But they're both very likely deaths. Yeah. I did some research. Pneumonia had a fatality rate of 30 to 40% in the early 20th century where this book takes place. So it is absolutely likely that he, if he would have caught pneumonia and died very, very quickly. And then you look at the war and how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people died. They're both very likely to have happened. Right. Well, and you know what is, I, uh, I, the thing about how Eliza treated Henry while he was sick is shit that I would have done. Like, I, and thought, I always thought, like, you have a fever, okay, you actually are supposed to bundle up so that you can break your fever. But that's not what you do here. No, she bundled him up and he was like, that's bad. You need tepid water. Tepid Which water. I love that she used in the woman's shelter to yeah. help that girl. Yes, she learned from her mistake. I have a note on that. It okay. says, it, I mean, we can, we don't even need to come back to it. I can just say yeah, it now. Yeah, say it now. Um, I said, um, oh, I don't know where it is. I just said, Something along the lines of like, this is called character development. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because her mother was a nurse, so she felt less worthy then. And she talks about how her mother would have known what to do, but her mother's not there to help, and so she had to do it and ended up killing her husband. Yeah, I think he would have died anyway. I think he would have died anyway because it had been hours since but the fever set it in. Also, it also. Um, I had a conversation the other day with my parents and with Adam and my sister and my brother-in-law about how so many stories could be avoided if people just freaking talk to each other. And um, I feel like that semi applies here because she like, he came home and she was like, she ignored him. Like she pretended to be asleep and he was like, he came into her room and then also the fact that they have separate rooms weirded me That's out. a cultural thing. I understand, but like, you know. But wild. You know. Because it was like a huge thing when Meryl came in. She was like, what are you doing? I, yeah. like, I walk into the- I pick my nightgown! I live with like two other people. I walk into their rooms like to talk to them on a fucking daily basis. <laughs> How is that not a thing? But she was in her nightgown, oh, Jackie. Please, I walk around half naked all the time. Nightgown. No. Spandex right now. <laughs> You're in a skirt. Shut I'm up. I'm in a skirt. <laughs> but look! You what? are wearing spandex. That's true. Um, okay, wait, so where was I? Um, we should talk about the prophecy. prophecy. I'm a little confused, so I'm hoping you can Okay, what clarify. page is the prophecy on? Page 71 and 72. 71 and 72. Let me read the whole prophecy again. Oh, fun fact, Jackie and I have the same edition of the book this time because it's such a new book that there is only one edition. Right, isn't that nice? You're welcome. So, 71, she says, um... I have the notes. I guess it's 70. Oh, I'm sorry. So she says, the first card tells you your past. She set down the fish card upon which a glistening pink cart jumped from the blue sea. The fish is a very good card. It's a strong symbol of wealth. And then the next card will tell the present. She pulled another card from her deck and slid it onto her plank. It was the child card, one of my favorites. It held a little boy in a feathered cap running with a hoop and stick. 
A new family member has joined you with you for two years now. Um, it's a child, a boy, um, and then he was born on a bed of poppies under a silver sky. The bed sheets bore red flowers. The canopy of the bed was silver. You truly are gifted. Um, and then, and then that is all. I am tired. Was she getting one of her bad feelings? The and and then she says. Um, she placed one down with a little snap, the fox killing the dove. Four girls will fall on their stones. That made me, I, it occurred to me 30 pages later that that might refer to the Romanov daughters. I thought so, but I was still unsure. Their stones unsure. in like the, like the jewelry the that they, they sewed, sewed into yeah. their clothes. Mm -hmm. And then um, the big ones and the small. Um, Mom could turn another card onto the plank. The ship. This card tells of travel. Um, it says the boy child will be cleaved from its mother. Accurate. Um, it says the child will cross water four times before he can rest. He will only be safe when he is under the torch. Um, the next card is all is most important, so heed it well. She lifted a candle from the bedside table and angled it downward, squinting at the card. The flame jumped and cried wax onto the board. The scythe. A shiver of dread ran, ran down Varinka's back. Um, and she says... That, uh, I don't think she ever says. She doesn't explain. So but I would assume that's death. Would be death. So the main points I have here, if you ignore the past, which is wealth, because the Romanovs are obviously wealthy. I feel like my vodka. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the new boy, which is Max. Yes. Um, you talk about the four girls will fall on their stones, the big ones and the small. And the new boy child will cross the water four times before he can rest. He will be, he will be safe when under the torch. And I wrote here, scythe. We don't know what that means. Death, probably, question mark. So let's talk about what we think that is. Well, Anessa dies. The woman who was getting the reading dies before she so made, it's, before Max yes. gets it to the torch. So it's probably her. Yeah. And then the torch is? The torch is the Statue of Liberty. Yes. Because he was only, he did cross the water four times. The first one, or the last one, finally over to New York. Yes. So the first time he was born in New York, technically, and then he came to um, Russia. He went home to Russia, and then he went what to Paris, Paris? sea. Mm -hmm. and then he went to Malinov. Malinov, yeah, I guess. But that's is that over a sea? Mm -hmm. And then he goes and then back. back to New York. I guess they do explain it, don't they? At one point. I, you know what? Let's fucking look at it. The problem is this book is so new, there's not any, like, Reddit articles on it. This literally came out this year, so this is a very new book. We're kind of diving in with all the rest of the early readers. So he's originally, he's born at the party where the book kind of opens up. Yeah. He's, like, what, two months early, I think, because the doctor was very afraid uh, for his mother, Sophia, to... Um, kind of travel back to Russia. So he's born in New York. They travel back to Russia. He yeah. goes to Paris. I'm going to go on a limb and say he goes to... Can I have a snack? <laughs> yeah, Mono. And then finally back to New York where all the girls are reunited. And that was just a really heartwarming event. I remember there being a chapter where they're like, he goes from New York to Russia and then Russia to France. Jackie made me grilled cheese. It was great. Grilled cheese. I um, Oh, we were talking about how many times Max went across the ocean, and we agreed that when he was finally in New York under the torch of the 
Statue of, Statue Liberty. of Liberty that he'd be safe, and that ends up being true. Mm-hmm. So Mumka is get it. Mm-hmm. Great. There's the prophecy. Um. Page 118, I said, Aphon and Sophia are cute, and I swear if he dies too, I'm going to be mad. Well, oh, I guess no. he, So Aphon <laughs> ends up dying. He was with his battalion in the war, but then turned back to go, like, make sure she was okay, right? Mm-hmm. Be- and then we heard of criminal activity where he was, and him and his and cohort he, ended up hanged. They got hung. They got hanged. Crap. Yeah. And um, there were ten of them, and they got hanged, and... Sophia finds out from people that she visits on her way to Paris, and the people live in a town where she lived for the first year while she was married to Aethon. It's he was such a nice guy. It really he was a very non-problematic. Love, their love was very true. Yeah, it was very non-problematic, yeah. and I dug it a lot. I have um my next note's on page one forty-six. Same. I just said, Varinka, you dummy. I said, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> so we're talking about, so Tara said, listen, Varinka, I want you to turn on that family you love. The, um. The stress neighbors. Thank you. And, you know, as soon as they're, they're all in the house so we can come and grab them, wave a white flag. No, he was like, hang a white, oh, hang something white out the window of the nursery so we know that you left the kitchen door unlocked. Yeah, and so we can come like, and raid. But. She does it by accident. She's not going to do it. And then something starts smoking. She sets the, the fire wrong. Yeah. And she's, something starts smoking. So she's like, let me wave out all the smoke. And all of a sudden, they barge in. They I'm thought like, that was Rinka, a signal. You dummy. But like, like would have I, I would, oh would boy. have I, <laughs> would I have done the same? Yeah. Uh-huh. Probably. I probably And I can't blame her for it. I'm a little disappointed, but I I'm can't blame her. her for it. I'm still mad at her for that. Varenka has a lot of issues, mm-hmm. um, but I think that comes from, it's, it's, well, oh. it's fine. Um, I have a note that says, I'm annoyed, page 153. I have 146. Can I go first? Yeah. Max crying upstairs when Taurus raids that house after she accidentally gave the signal. Did Taurus not hear him? Did he hear Max crying and ignore it? If he had found Max, what was the plan? I think Sophia heard it. Because she's his mother and she's more attuned to listening for it. So you don't think Taurus heard the cry at all? I don't think Taurus heard the call okay. or the cry at all. Okay. I think it was like Sophia had that mother's instinct mm-hmm. to listen for her child mm-hmm. and so she could hear it. But Varenka was doing her best to keep him quiet. And so Taurus probably was just wrapped up in like abducting the family and didn't even think to listen for anything else. That makes sense. I, I, that sounds right. I'll go with that. Okay, what's your next thing? Um, 152. Okay. No, I lied. Well, either way, it's before me. All right. 164 is nope. no. Okay. Okay. I have one on page 153. Yeah, tell me. Where I said, and maybe this is where we can talk about Varenka. Okay. I said, I'm annoyed. Varenka isn't bad, per se, but she's stupid, and she's not even the real danger Taurus is. But I'm mad that this girl thinks she has some sort of claim to Max. Can I we talk about why she thinks she has some sort of claim to the I child? think so. She was accident. So she was. So she kind of like the glorified babysitter in the beginning to mm-hmm. take care of Max. 
she becomes the sole caregiver of Max when Sophia and her family are taken hostage. Yeah. And the fact that that happens over years, wouldn't you also kind of claim that? We don't know because we're not in it. Mm -hmm. But to be a sole caretaker of a child who depends on you for food, water, education, health, would you not also assume you would feel ownership of that child as much as you love him for the years that she had him? Yeah, but it's not like his parents went off to jail or something like that. His parents were kidnapped. And so what I don't, I mean, loosely, you know. Yeah. If it were, if it were like his parents were unfit to care for him, uh, that would be one thing. But Varenka basically kidnaps this child. Varenka's basically like, this is my kid now. It's like, I don't think so. His parents were taken from him, but not by their own accord and not because they were bad parents, but because there was a war afoot, you know? And I think if it were something like, yeah, she took care of him, but it's kind of like a foster situation where like, you don't have actual guardianship of that child. I think my two thoughts are that I give her a little bit more slack mm -hmm. because I feel like this is the first thing that she is really good at mm -hmm. and that Max loves her. Mm -hmm. And I think she feels wanted truly for the first time in her life since her father had died. And secondly, I don't think that a foster thing existed back then. So if the child is in your care, that's your mom and that's your kid. But Max obviously doesn't recognize Varenka as his mom. Moving, yeah, when he gets older, he's clearly very upset. But in the beginning, like, he is very clearly more comfortable with her than mm -hmm. with anyone else. Granted that other, those other people are Taurus and who would ever be comfortable with him. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, Max does see her as a safety and a comfort. And I don't think that that can I be think, ignored. I don't think that can be ignored either. But I also don't think Varenka is a rightful mother to him he's that she's definitely not a rightful mother but i understand her feeling of of compassion and ownership she's still in the wrong and in the end she does let him go only because she was forced to but and it ends up for the best she needs to go off and have her own kids mm -hmm. but like i get it i get it I and i can't know. she's in the wrong but i get it so i can't fault her mm. I'm just like, oh, honey. I can still falter. I feel, I feel more sympathetic. I she was thrown into the situation where her only control was what give the kids a Taurus. Fuck that. That kid would have been no. dead. No, but like she also had the opportunity to defend. Like once she found Radomir and once she was able to support herself, like where did all the money from her mother go? Her mother became like a seamstress for a very popular... Well, I think that happened the same time she met Radomir, so it didn't matter that her mom had that money because Radomir was taking care of her. Right, but, like, her mom making that money would have meant that they no longer had to stay with Taurus. They could have gone off on their own. With and the threat of being killed, I yeah. feel like it's a bit different. Because I guess that's true. And if you take that in modern time battered women who are in relationships that are not healthy cannot leave no matter how much money they have that's because true. they know that person will find and kill them. I yeah. think it's the same situation. I guess it's fair. Um, Clearly unfit to be a mother. Yes. And it's not his mother. Clearly unfit. But I get it. Not her mother. Not his mother. I get it. I still don't. It's hard. I, I am leaning towards not liking her. Really? Because I just like... I understand what makes her who she is, but I find it very immature. I find it very like, 
you just don't understand how the world works, you know? She's like, oh, I don't have a job, but Taurus takes care of me, and I'm going to go date this guy, Radomir. And, Monka, you have to take care of my son, who's not actually my son. You know, she just, she... I think it's hard because I think she frustrates me so much. Being in the relationship she is with Taurus, she's allowed to act immature. No one can live through that relationship with Taurus and come out the way we want her to. Yeah. In the end, she does give him up. It yeah. takes a little bit of force from the school district and the principal or headmistress, I think it is. Yeah. But she doesn't really fight that hard. She doesn't. She finally handcuffs Taurus the bed. Like, yeah. I don't hate her as a character. I more feel bad. I just more I, I give her pity. I think she's probably the most realistic character. She is. I'd agree with you. Absolutely. In that book. Because she's one of those people where it's like, if you knew everything that was going on behind the scenes of everybody that you know, like in real life, you would probably be conflicted about a lot of them. And no one else knows about her situation except for Mamka, and Mamka's not saying a fucking word. Right, because so. she's her mom. Yeah. That realistic, yes, I absolutely agree. Yeah. My next note is about Sophia, page 164. Um, me as well is about when she kisses Cook. Yeah. Right. I said, um, okay, Sophia, maybe don't cheat on your husband or do marital vows go out the window when you're kidnapped and your son is missing? So I kind of said the same thing. I said, imagine this. Your life is now turned upside down. You're being held captive without your child and you think, let's make out. I see this trope often in TV shows and movies where people kiss in times of duress, and I want to know if that's realistic. Science world, please speak up now. I I am not part of science world, but I will say that I think it's one of those human reactions where it's like you want to be, you want to feel close to somebody else. Yeah. Everything you, you know, everything you know has been turned on its mm. head, and you're you just want to feel like something is normal, something is safe, and so you you cling to the people that are with you. In that situation because you have a shared bond through adversity mm-hmm. you're going through the same thing something that nobody else can understand unless they've been through it as well and so I think it, it's one of those situations where it's like I don't know what else to do and I'm looking for comfort and this is the only way I know how to find it and I have not been in a situation where I'm so terrified to be held hostage that I just want to feel close to someone so I can't speak to this but there must be some truth because we see that trope very often mm-hmm. I think I think there's some truth behind it and I don't really I have also, personal experience with it, but... I'm a big proponent of, yes, inherently cheating is bad. But I'm a big proponent of you don't know what's going on in that relationship to understand why this person is cheating. I will also say, like, I'm on the same page with that. But I also think that this explains, like, this phenomenon explains the idea behind rebounds. You know, where you're like, I am hurting and I don't know how mm-hmm. to heal that hurt without... And I want to feel good. Yes, I want to feel good. Yeah. And so... You find somebody who can help you feel good, and then you're like, this is only a temporary fix, and then you start figuring out how to fix it long-term. Rebounds are understandable because, like, you leave something and you're lonely and you try to fix it long-term, but then you're like, you're like, short-term, I just want to feel better, and then long-term, once the short-term thing doesn't work out, then you come into, like, the long-term thing. Right. And speaking of fixes to your love life, let's talk about Meryl. Yes, Meryl, here we go. Meryl liked Eliza. And we deduced that probably Eliza and Meryl had a connection. Yeah. And then Meryl introduced Henry to Eliza. And Eliza was like, fuck you, Meryl. I like Henry more. Let's get married. Yes, that's exactly what we came to. And 
Um, so Eliza marries Henry, and then Henry dies, and then Eliza's like, wait a minute, Meryl's getting engaged to Anna Gabler, and I don't know what to do with myself, because right. I didn't know I was jealous, but I am jealous. And then you have the classic Disney trope, where someone is helping someone with an injury and cleaning their wounds, and they end up falling in love, and that is page 178, you guys. Yes, and then I went to page 180, because there's a section where, where I'm like, wait a minute, what happens? Because yes, Meryl, Meryl says, say? like, Meryl says, she goes, um... Um, um, he says, Eliza, I never told you. A knock came at the door, and Meryl and I hurried apart. Julia entered, and Meryl stepped towards the door. Um, and so you never really find out. Well, you do find out, but it's many chapters later that Meryl and Henry were not actually playing tennis. Henry was trying to rearrange his plans from taking Eliza to India to taking Eliza to South America due to the war in Europe. Right, and Eliza blamed Meryl for Henry ultimately getting pneumonia for playing tennis in the rain. She yes. said, very passive-aggressively over and over again, don't go, stay here, you're silly, don't go. Yeah. And they went, but they were never playing tennis in the first place. They weren't actually outside, it was just that Meryl, no, sorry, Henry ended up getting sick anyways. I have a note on page 186 that is very to the left. Okay, hang on, I have, yeah, go ahead. This is after Taurus and Vladi have... Uh, kept the um, mole. What the fuck is her name? Strashnevas. The Strashnevas hostage. <laughs> Say that again. Strashnevas. <laughs> That's the title of this one. Okay. I find it hard to believe that Taurus did not kill Tum Tum the dog, if not for me, then just for fun. Because Tom Tom is just sitting there on a little pile. I don't, I don't think Taurus would have killed him. I think Vladdy would have killed him. Either way, I'm surprised he wasn't dead. I'm surprised Tum Tum survived. He ended up. Dying. I also pronounced it Tum Tum when oh, I was reading it. It probably is. If you're speaking in French and they had a tendency to speak in French because they figured it was the more sophisticated way right. to speak, they said Tum Tum. It'd be Tum Tum. I went Tum Tum because I'm white in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, where are we? Page 186. 186. We skipped one that I made. Oh, I'm ready. Go. That Let's made go me back. laugh. Um, page 175, when Meryl shows up before Eliza has the window break and Meryl picks the glass out of her feet, I wrote a note that said, wow, I've known Gareth for exactly half a page and he's already annoying. <laughs> so annoying. It was so annoying. I actually <gasps> also have a note before, 186 at 185. Where you think that Cook is dead. Oh, yes. I was so sad when Cook, I thought Cook was dead. I knew he wasn't. Page 185. I fucking called it and I'm proud of it. <laughs> I have one on um, 177 that says, I know the feeling of wanting to win a breakup, but Eliza, honey, you've got to let this one go. <laughs> well, good thing she did. Good thing she didn't. I'm glad. So I have page 185. Cook died, frowny face. Actually, bet you he didn't. And he'll make a comeback. I can see Vladi getting his manhood hurt when he never found Cook, so he pretended to kill him, like Theon, like Theon Greyjoy and the Stark Boys. Hashtag spoiler. Hashtag you're really far behind. <laughs> I know that part actually. I figured you would. Where Theon's like, I killed them, and he's like, I, I didn't kill him. them. They were just farm boys. Cook is alive, bitches. And yes. He comes, but the, the why that worked is because he came back so many chapters later. Yeah, he came back a lot of chapters late. I love later. it. Many, 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 many chapters, chapters later. later. Um, I have a note from 189 where I said, I'm confused as uh, as to why Mrs. A is cruel to the Shreshnevas. 
Considering she was one of their friends, I thought. I think that she is just doing her husband's wishes. And that culture, that's what you do. You think it's her husband's wishes? Or do you think she's just trying to protect her own, like, she's trying not to die? It's probably a bit of both. And probably for the very, not for the very first time, but she has control. And having control is addictive. Great, I have a quote. (laughs) (laughs) I hate Electra. Um, also, why is why do they all hate being charitable so bad? Why do everybody? I hate that. Them? Why are they so mean? You can't. They complain here. Page two sixteen. The animosity between Electra and Eliza is fucking wild. Electra makes fun of her for feeding the hungry. How is that a bad thing? I don't and know. Why. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I straight up said. I said. Still hate Electra. What a stupid name. And why is it so bad to want to be charitable? But go Caroline, because Caroline finally starts to stand up for herself. Well, and Caroline and Eliza had a bit of a tiff there when Harry died. Was, I was mad at Eliza. But it's so realistic. It's very realistic, but I was mad at Eliza for how she treated Caroline after Henry died. Because, like, Caroline's your daughter. Like, she lost her dad. But you have to think, she's mourning just as much as Caroline is. So try to be a good mother while oh. also mourning. Yes. That should... I... First of all, not a fucking mother. Can't do that on a good day. Then throw in my husband dying, you might as well kill me. No, no, no. Um, okay, page 220 when um, I wrote... Um, okay, so so Varenka's talking to Mamka about how Luba is going to come to the Inca. Is it Inca? Inca's the in pet the Isba, for Varenka. Isba, Isba. Isba, yes. She's going to come to the Isba. And... Uh, and Varinka says, she will be there, I said. I swore... I have the hiccups. <laughs> she swore on God's stars. And I wrote, Luba only swears on God's stars when she's lying, though. Yes. Right? Yep. She does. She she only swears Which on God's stars. Which is interesting at the end of the book. <laughs> because she says she swears on God's yes. stars. She's lying. I have the hiccups in my hair. Vodka! <laughs> um, okay. I also have... <laughs> This is so funny. This has never happened in the history of Read Between the Vines. I have a, a note on 228. It said, I had a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened on this podcast. Oh, I'm going to breathe really deeply and try and get rid of my hiccups by consciously breathing with my diaphragm. Okay. I have a note on 228 that says, I had heard the Romanovs had sewn jewels into their clothes and it acted as armor, but I wonder if this was editorializing to say they made their clothes into armor on purpose. I always thought that maybe they had just not wanted to lose their, their jewels. This book alone made me think it was on purpose. Other works of literature had made me think it was because they didn't want to lose their jewels. Mm. So for the purposes of this podcast, I would say that it was on purpose. Um... <laughs> 233, I just wrote all caps, Liberty Cabbage. <laughs> That's what I'm calling my cabbage. Liberty Cabbage! Liberty Cabbage! Sauerkraut is now Liberty Cabbage. Liberty Cabbage. I hope you all understand. Spread the word. I'm leaving today. Liberty Cabbage. Um, also, wait, 241. What is 241? What happened on 241? Well, 240 know? enlists in the war. Meryl enlists in the war. So 241 oh, says... All I need is hope. And I said, I don't know how to feel about this with like 15 exclamation points. This is when Meryl and um, Eliza were, Meryl's like, I still love you. And Eliza's like, ah. I put that Meryl is excited about enlisting in the war, which means he's going to die. Typically, that's how it goes in But he didn't die. And he didn't die. I know. I'm really proud of that. 
Not proud, but excited. Excited about it. Um, okay. Also, uh... Can we talk about the hanging of the Strachanavas? Thank you. Yes. Um, we can absolutely talk about the hangings. Um, because I think the hangings... I think it was realistic. I think it I was... I absolutely agree. Like, and amazing that they made, they made you think Luba was dead. They actually said... Oh my god! I wrote all caps. Luba, no! I thought she would make it! Wow, I am heated! No. Page 279. I had a feeling that Father Agnesa would die. But Luba? Capitalized for question marks. No, fuck, man. What the fuck? The shit is real. Luba's amazing because, because Luba is the, the balls. smartest. Okay, she's and smartest. that one hit me real hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But. Oh, man. Shit is a lie. <laughs> Page 368. Luba is not real. She finds Sophia in, like, a little hotel while she's staying at. I definitely did not see it coming, and I'm very pleased. Because it was actually, when they looked at the bodies, it was the Count that had yes. came to live with them. Yes. And he was just so thin. Yeah, he was just so thin that he looked like Luba. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Luba who was alive and Count was the dead and then Jesus sang his praises. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a note um, where I said, I said how far Sophia has fallen and I was talking about when she killed the dude where like she went from being like this upstanding member of the aristocracy married with a golden child and now she's like running away on her horse and her parents are still a murder and thief and she's a murderer and a thief and like she fell so far but like that's character development and you love to see it yes oh my god um oh i also wrote on page 307 this book was like 200 or 421 pages yeah and i wrote on 307 a thought if Aphon is really dead, Sophia could end up with Cook. And you know what? I called it a hundred pages ahead of time. I did. I did. Um, okay. Also, three thirty-nine. Three thirty-nine. When Sophia doesn't want to sell her hair for seven hundred francs, bitch, sell your she fucking did. hair. Francs and grows back. Listen. I get that that's probably the only thing she has, and after everything else has been stripped from you, I think of Les Mis, where, like, oh, yeah. that's what you I, left. I straight up said, she pulled a Fontaine! Yeah! Les Mis! <laughs> also, I have, a, I have a note on 327. Yeah, I go. Said, Aha, here we go. All three main characters in the same city. For the first time since the beginning of the book when yes. things went bad. Oh, yes. Um, also, I got mad when Sophia found the sweatshop, and I was like, this is where, like, Eliza is pulling her Russian artifacts from. She's lived in this rich society and her family for all this long. She has no idea what the conditions are, and she's realizing, fuck, this is real. Yes. And she ends up helping them by giving them soup two times daily. Yes. Using the money she paid for with her hair to ensure that. And that's character development. Exactly. Um, I got impatient around 345. I said, I'm impatient. I'm ready for the wrap up because they're all in the same city and I really wanted it to wrap up. Um, also, um, when Luba came back, I was super excited. Yeah, Um, we love Luba. Oh, I wrote, okay, page 371. Do you have anything before that that you want to talk about? Yes, 368. Okay. Oh no, 355. Okay. Do you think Ilya killed Karina? I Reminder, said, oh, Karina's the cousin who was... I don't think Ilya killed her. I think Taurus killed her. And you think Ilya technically let him because they were on the same side? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wrote... 
Actually, that's related. 371. I was thinking about Taurus killing the women, and it occurred to me that we managed to squeeze a, squeeze a serial killer in here after all. <laughs> Gotta love a good serial killer trope. <laughs> oh, 373. A conflict has arisen. <laughs> I love it. This is when um, Eliza and Sophia and Varenka are all at the school trying to get Max back into custody of Sophia, his rightful mother. Um, and then, oh, when we find out Varenka is siblings with Taurus, I think we already talked about that, but I screamed a lot during that page. Um, I got sad when Sophia had to leave her horse in Paris. I knew she'd get with Cook and Eliza's goodbye to Henry made me super sad. Yes. And I was really happy to see that Peg and Thomas got married and... On the very last page, I said, oh, Luba, the little liar. <laughs> Speaking of the little liar, the very last page, 421, Luba says, I'll keep my mind on my new American life, study hard my English, and not question a thing. I swear by God's stars. God's stars, she lies. Which means she lies. She lies. She's Russian at heart, and she's my favorite character. And I have questions for you if you're ready. I have questions, too. Okay. What do you want to talk about first? Um... I have a question for you specifically. Yes, go ahead. Who's your favorite character and why? My favorite character, Luba. Why? Because she's a badass and she's not afraid to take a step forward and like do what she thinks is going to be best for her and her family, despite the dangers. I agree. She's also my favorite character. I like her a lot. Like I, I, Eliza bothers me. Okay. I will say that Eliza, Sophia, and Varenka are more realistic characters, but, like, they bother me because of their realism. You know what I'm saying? Like, Eliza is too privileged for my taste. She's rude to her daughter yep. when her father, like, her husband dies. Like, you got a daughter. Like, and I father think just died. Right. And I think that's, like, a really realistic reaction to just shun your daughter a little bit. Like, your daughter probably reminds you of your mm -hmm. dead husband. But at the same time, like... You have a daughter. Take care of her. Right. Sophia bugs the crap out of me because she cheats on her husband. And then she's like, I, I, she's also super privileged. And I'm like, I don't understand why you don't understand the side of the other people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Varenka, I think, is just really immature. And I think that um, I would say Luba is the most, like, hell yeah, go bitch kind of character. I really liked rooting for her. I agree. She was my favorite one to root for. That's yes. Exactly. Okay, your question. What do you think happened to Taurus? I think that Momka did something. Because we end up, Taurus is handcuffed to the bed, and I think either A, he was left there and Momka fucking left with her money and got a new home, or Momka, like, did the deed and finally killed, killed him. him. Probably not. Realistically, he probably, Momka probably left, and he somehow escaped just by, like, sheer force See, i think he got arrested i think he got really? arrested because at the uh when she goes to the the embassy and she meets the russian dude and she's like hey can you take care of this check agent and oh, i think right. he gets arrested in paris and taken care of by the government Hopefully. probably waterboarded you know um and then probably like you know tortured for information and i think he dies in the hands of the government hopefully he deserves yeah. it my next question is, with whom do you most identify? That's a hard question. Yup. Because the reason I ask is because I couldn't come up with one answer. So I'm curious if you have one. 
I don't know if there's one. I identify with Sophia's need to protect her family. I identify with Eliza's need to do something in the face of, like, not being able to do anything. I identify with Luba's, like, brashness, almost. If I had to pick one, I would most identify with Eliza because I'm very privileged to have been born where I'm born and to have a family that I have and to never want for anything and have everything I need and want, all while being fidgety in the face of conflicts. See, I think... I think I would identify more with Sophia because as like you know that family is the most important thing to me. Yeah. And like if anything were to happen, I would avenge my family to the nth degree. You absolutely you would. You know. So I think at my core that's the the characteristic that I identify with most and I think Sophia um embodies that. I'll bury bodies with you. I'm down. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> Your question next. Oh, um, do you think Varenka actually had kids with Radomir? I do. Yeah? I do. Okay. I think he was, I have a problem with um, Radomir's character because he wasn't introduced very often, or uh, not, I, no, he wasn't introduced very early. Yeah. He was kind of introduced as a way to get Varenka out of the picture I, and not so much as a character. I really wanted her to have a redemption arc where she's like, this I don't is she wrong. Did. She no, didn't. I don't think she did. But I really wanted her to have a redemption arc where she's like, this is wrong. I need to return Max to his rightful mother. If Radomir didn't show up, she would have kept Max. She would have. And so I think Radomir is kind of a cop-out character. I agree. Glad she found her love, but... How realistic is that? You meet somebody and you I don't even think that she found her love. I think she was immature and she had believed in this idea. Well, of like, she's going back to Russia with him. I guess it's fair. I don't know. I don't. Like, I wish we had more information about what happened to Varenka and Taurus and Radomir. You know? Yeah. I have one last question. Okay. So if you have more. I'm done. What scene, image, or conversation stay with you, stayed with you most from this book? Oh, God. Um, I feel like this is a hard question because I read most of it yesterday. Same. What stayed with me the most? I'll tell you mine first. Yes, I want to hear yours. Mine is when Sophia realizes that her family has been burned and hanged. That's, okay, there are a couple that come to mind. When you ask that question, it's either when Henry dies and Eliza realizes she's helpless to save him, or when Sophia finds out her family has burned, or when Max is reunited with Sophia. Um, I think those are my main three. Those are like the oh big Yeah. Another events. one of mine that was probably a little bit smaller, but that still stuck with me, is when Sophia is hugging Agnesa mm-hmm. when they've been captured. And like they said, like the quote was, Agnesa, you could feel her bones through her coat. Yeah. And I was trying to imagine what that might feel like, and I fucking can't. And I that image stays with me as well. Mm-hmm. To imagine how thin she must be. Yeah. Ooh. I just finished my drink. Um, those on that are, note. Those are all of my thoughts on this amazing book. It was so good. It was so good. It was one of my favorites that we've read. Yeah, okay. I agree. So, um, again, we're drinking Gold St. Pete vodka. <laughs> drink some vodka, do some shots, read the book. I'm really Get drunk. lost in the Russian Revolution. You guys. Communism is a thing. <laughs> Yeah, Alexa's gonna have a really good time editing this episode. Fuck 
follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, not, not LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Do some Patreon shit. Be like bees. Be like I bees. I promise your blooper reel is coming. We're slow as fuck. Yeah. And tune in next week for some good poetry. Yeah. And we have a, we have a fun guest next episode, so tune in. Her name is Ashley. She's awesome. She's awesome. Um. Also, do we have a book for next month? Nope. Okay. We'll get to you. We'll get that. to you. <laughs> and check our check our website for that, and um, yeah. and we'll get you our next book. And I guess that's it. So uh, we'll see you next week. Yeet! I don't know why I keep saying I dig that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm back in like early 2000s. I've been saying like that shit's rad. <laughs> and I don't know where that's coming I from. I dig it. I'm so down. Like.